to Sebastian Jovinko, cross goal is Azorio! What a finish from Jonathan Azorio! And Toronto FC having trailed, take the lead with two minutes of the first leg left to play! It's Pozuelo. Pozuelo! Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Patch Boys podcast. You're here with me, Cameron Miller. And today, I am actually not joined by the benevolent uh, Ben, but actually a fellow RPB member and David Oliveira. David, how are you doing today? How's it going, everyone? Cam, thanks for the invite. It's uh, always a pleasure to, to hear and see your lovely face. So, yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, you get the benefit of seeing me. This is a podcast. No one else <laughs> yeah, gets fair enough. Um, I'm one of those unique people who perhaps has a face for radio as well as a voice. But um, it's it's great to change it up here, although we miss Ben. Um, I'm thrilled you're able to volunteer and come on and, and talk. And this is a two for one because you and I actually got to uh, catch up in person at the AGM this, uh, this weekend, didn't we? Yeah. And how nice was that actually seeing each other, seeing everybody there? Uh, some faces that we haven't seen in a very long time. So it was nice to catch up with all those people. You know, I'll say I actually saw a lot of those faces over Zoom. It was the rest of the body that actually I hadn't seen in a long time. So it's always <laughs> it, good. It was probably better that, that way, no? <laughs> That's it, right? The old, the, old, the old up and down, the whole full yeah. scan. So I forget how big or how small some people are. And that's not a weight thing. It's like some people are really tall. Some people are very mm-hmm. small. And you forget that Red Patch Boys come in all shapes and sizes. And I that's love that sure. we are a, a, device, a, a diverse little group. But I, I had a great time at the AGM, which was at uh, the Mill Street Brew Pub, which is a complex. I got lost twice just trying to find our group. Um, but a big thank you to Mill Street for hosting us, of which they provided not only the space, but... I got a free drink when I got there. Nice little uh, Italian pilsner. Um, And they also gave us free food, of which I took full advantage. I even got a pretzel to go for my wife, Jess. Um, And the staff were great. They were were wearing red, which, you know, I thought was very fitting, being a Red Patch Boys um, AGM. But I was confused because I kept thinking they were one of us. And I was looking (laughs) for a server, and they were all wearing red. But... um, Awesome to see that. And and what was interesting in between you and I catching up, uh, David, was I actually spoke with a longtime friend and RPB member on the forums. He's known as Fort York Redcoat. Uh, his real name is Pete. If he doesn't want to know that, sorry. Um, and he was asking about our podcast sponsor, Boshkung Brewing. He inquired about the brewery. He was kind of, you know, thinking how best I would describe Boshkong and just kind of the all round banter around beer. But he also wanted to know how to spell it. So it's B-O-S-H-K-U-N-G. Bosch, like the former Raptor, Kung, like Kung Fu. I just came up with that. I'm very impressed with myself. Um, it's a craft brewery. Bosch Kung Brewing takes immense pride in their brewing. Delicious, innovative beers. We've spoken about a few of them on the podcast. Encourage you all to explore them. If you're looking for an escape from the city, you can visit one of their two brew pub locations to experience the best cottage country has to offer. Or if you like exploring the world of craft brewing like myself, you can visit www.boshkungbrewing.com and order direct to your home and enjoy the immensely diversified offerings from Bosch Kung Brewing using a promo code RPB podcast at checkout 
and save 15% on your order. That's boshkungbrewing.com, promo code RPBpodcast. Bosch Kung Brewing, good beer, is in our nature. But that wasn't the only reason I was there. We were there to talk about Red Patch Boys, our community. That was our first AGM. Oh, gosh, was it two years, David? How long was the last time we met? Yeah, two years. It's, I think, yeah, two years. It, it seems longer. I don't know. It's because, you know, it was COVID, I guess. We all <laughs> locked in. I think the last time we had it was at Betty's, I think, uh, out near uh, the St. Lawrence Market. I think. I could be wrong. But uh, I think that was the last time we got together and actually got to talk as a group. But it was great to see everyone. And big thanks to Brad and Pete for organizing that, our, our president and uh, vice president, respectively. Um, and for everyone who, who actually spoke, I know some of you who are listening may have joined virtually, uh, but uh, for those of us who were there, we were also joined by our money consigliere, our treasurer, Tom, aka Red Punk Fiddle on the forums. Uh, and thank you to him for his ongoing financial leadership and an update on all of our finances. That was great. Um, and then the entire membership team, they gave us a quick update on how our pricing structure works, about what was offered to current members um, and to new members, um, as well as uh, who gave out our RPB clear bags that are MLSE approved for in-stadium use. Um, and how and nice we, are they, first of all? Great quality. Great I quality. I, I, I feel like I've, I haven't had a, like a drawstring bag in a long time, but like growing up, I always had one. It was like the coolest thing. It came with your boots and you always had things in them. <laughs> Uh, but this one's clear, you know, for obvious security reasons. And inside that clear bag, we actually got a few things. We got stickers, which I already used on my cell phone because you have a Red Patch Boys podcast sticker. Please use them wisely. Um, we also got a lanyard and some membership cards. Now, uh, David, you and I go to games quite often. You get to bring the kids. I, I think you're single-handedly repopulating 112, uh, which I appreciate. <laughs> So thank you. Oh, for no worries. Us. No worries. Uh, I have uh, a lot of pleasure doing it. So <laughs> <laughs> I, be I bet you do. Um, but now we, we were told um, there is now a sort of MLSE TFC issued card that gets us into the stadium early if we're, we're an RPB member. Uh, do you, can you tell me more about that and how that works? So from my understanding, it's um, you get to get into the, the stadium using the members entrance only. Um, you get in two hours early, I believe. That's, the, you... that's the southeast gate, right? Correct. Gate three Correct. Gate three? Yeah, gate three. Um, so uh, using gate three, you get in. You have access to the Mill Street uh, pub, which is just in between 112 and 111. Uh, the upper bowl, like the upper concourse. Exactly. Yeah, in the concourse. And uh, so there they have such offerings as $7 small beers and uh, probably $32 waters or something <laughs> like that, whatever the price of water is there. Um, to be honest, it, it kind of seems like a stretch. Uh, I know Brad and Peter had mentioned that they were actually in discussion to try and get better deals there for, for supporters. The premise of it, I agree with it. Um, it's to get people into the stadium earlier to, to help hype up the players during uh, during the warmups, which I think uh, 
we lack a bit, to be honest. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll say this. So just so we're, we're clear, you actually get in earlier than general admission. So the gates open, call it uh, four o'clock. I think that would give us access at, say, three o'clock. I think maybe it's an extra 60 minutes. Um, yes. Uh, and, and so prior to the game. Exactly. So you're getting that earlier than everyone else. So really, you're the only ones in the stadium. Uh, you get this space and there's no discounts. There's seven dollar small Mill Street beers, which is still way more expensive than drinking in a parking lot. I'm just going to say don't condone it. Just saying it's cheaper to drink in a parking lot. Um, or or we can just go to Brazen Head where all the other RPB members are. Excellent plug, David. You're a professional. <laughs> I'm I'm more of a degenerate. Uh, but exactly that. I think if, if you're going to come in early to a game, gather up, spend some time with your Red Patch Boys family, support a local business. But at the end of the day, I agree. Getting into the stadium, making noise for the team early on is great. And in some way, we need to be incentivized more than it is. So hopefully there'll be some growth uh, after year one of this this program. But that's for you, anyone who's a Red Patch Boy member. You can get that card and, and apply it. Uh, fair warning, there's no discounts on water or food for people who are, who are DDs or, or don't drink. Um, and even kids' food is full price. So there's work to be done there. Good insight and, and good idea. Um, it's a starting point, right? You got to start somewhere. And you know what? Um, kudos to, to Toronto FC and their management for, for realizing that they you know what, let's, let's uh, pass over this olive branch and they can take it from there. I think it's a good starting point and we'll see where it takes us. An Oliveira branch, if you will. <laughs> of course. Um, out, outside of that awesome um, gift from the membership team, uh, we got to hear from, from President Brad about potential events going forward. We're lucky to, to be sitting on a surplus of, of funds in terms of, you know, we haven't done anything in a long time. So we get to actually now do things as a group, which is TFOs, which are, um, uh, you know, uh, events outside of TFC games. And, and those will all come in, in, in succession slowly but surely as they take shape. But the, the idea here is that we're thinking about them, we're talking about them, and I encourage everyone to participate on the forums about how these can come to life. Really, this is a democracy. I want everyone to put in their two cents. Some top-line possible events, though, is the arrival of Lorenzo Insigne, and assuming MLSC shop him around to all the other sports franchises, he's probably going to throw out a first pitch at a Blue Jays game. Hopefully we can actually go to that game as a group and, and, and do that with him um, as well as possibly a more TFC centric uh, um, unveiling, uh, which they're, they're probably due um, at some point. I know there's typically a um, season ticket holder or supporter um, forum that they hold at the uh, BMO field. So we'll see what, when that gets announced. Um, as well as some some other things like a Pride Night uh, specific scarf. We've got a new scarf supplier. Turn around really quickly for scarves, and we're looking at doing a specific event with those scarves. And a lot of us are feeling Pride would be a great way to show our support for the LGBTQ and plus community, as well as just show an inclusive and welcoming community. And I also I just love pride celebrations for the colors for the eccentrics and i think a great scarf for my collection as I'll well be adding as, that one as well <laughs> exactly yeah and then speaking of adding things to our collection we're hoping to get a updated merch store available on the red patch boys website 
which will include some sweet new hats, um, T-shirts, and, and, and other items that'll be available soon. Right now, you can actually access them through the forums, so check out that member section there. Um, but it, it's a really exciting time to be a part of the Red Patch Boys as we come out of this pandemic and into the next chapter of you know TFC going into 2022, 2023. Definitely, and that T-shirt that uh, that they're they're going to make available. I've already ordered mine. It came in a week and a half at most. Fits fantastic. Great material. Lots of great comments about it. Um, yeah, definitely. Also, they mentioned that uh, they do have a link tree. Now, for anyone unfamiliar with Linktree, basically it's a bunch of links all in one central place that people can just quickly go through and find what they need. I love it. And you do look good in that shirt. It's lovely. <laughs> nice little uh, supporter with a red flare, a little uh, a little subtle um, RPB logo on the jacket too. So definitely check those out and grab your merch. I'll just Enough. interrupt you there, Cam. Yeah. They also, something that I thought was important for this year that, they, uh, that they're going to add, um, the teddy bear toss. Oh, yes. Was... Thank you for that. Yeah, please explain that for the group. So um, it actually came up in a, a chat that uh, me, you, Ben are part of um, to, to try and bring some joy to, to kids that are, are going through such a tough time. Um, it's something that's done in uh, minor leagues a lot which is uh, at a certain point in the game, whatever that is, uh, everybody in the stands throws teddy bears onto the playing surface, which then in turn get donated to a children's hospital. Um, I brought this to you guys and glad I was glad to hear that everyone was on board. Uh, Pete and Brad brought it to uh, the front office and it seems like they're very excited for the opportunity too. Um, I think it's, it's one of the things uh, that people don't do enough is just the the small little things to help somebody else out. So I'm glad that we're actually uh, spearheading this as a group and uh, it's going to be a night in September. I can't remember when, but uh, I'd love to see everybody get involved with this and spread it to everyone that, you know, in the, in the stadium, the more, the merrier let's, let's bring some joy to some kids. I love the, the idea you've brought forward here, David, and it's, it's not just RPB. This is our opportunity to give back to a broader community. And that's what football is all about is community, especially this group. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a great idea. I'm honestly picturing a Jimenez goal. He runs to the corner flag. I toss a teddy bear. He catches it and just cradles it in his arms. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. I think this is a great opportunity for us to connect with the broader audience in the stadium. So if you've got friends who are not members, invite them to, to attend the game and bring a teddy bear. Uh, fair warning, if it if it rains, which is sometimes good because we win when it rains, uh, just make sure you put your teddy bear in a plastic bag. And we can talk more about it closer to the date. Uh, thanks for bringing Definitely. that up. No um, now, uh, enough about AGM and um, admin. We are behind on the games, David. Me and Ben have been interviewing TFC players, you know, trying to have full-time jobs and families. So this gets difficult. And I'm loving that you're here with me because we got to go back in time. We got to get in a DeLorean, punch into 88, and we're, we're back at the home win against uh, Philadelphia. This I have the- huge shoes to fill here, so uh, I'm going to do my best. Now, you, you were at this game with me. 
Correct. Definitely. Yes. yes. Um, it, it gets blurry when we win. You know, I just get excited. Um, now the this flask is a, gets passed around. So yeah, <laughs> there's there's a frequent appearance of a flask, especially when we win. Um, allegedly, in, allegedly. If you're in section one twelve, row three to five. Um, it it's it's a huge win. I was expecting us to come in against the only undefeated MLS team in the league, and do what we've been doing all season is be kind of difficult to beat, maybe squeak out a victory. Uh, but we did just that. We we won two one against the only undefeated team in the league, and 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 you know MLS Cup hopefuls, and have put ourselves in a great position early on in the season at being kind of even is the best way I can describe it. What do you think of the early thoughts on that game? So going into the game, I really was not expecting much. Philadelphia has been on a tear this year. Um, yeah, wasn't expecting much. Uh, Got to the game, and there was just that feeling that just watching the, the boys warm up, it, you got that feeling that we were in for something special. Um, that was a fantastic, fantastic game. Uh, I thought it was one of the most cohesive games we've had this season uh, from start to finish. Um, we did go down early, but yep. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a tactical mistake that seemed to, to get corrected. Yeah, well, I, I think that's it, right? There. It's it's every game we, we we play. There's a continuity to it, and whether it's conceding early, but it's it, it happens. Right? It's not new to us. Um, but the ability to fight back and and make those small changes, as you mentioned, have been hugely key to us. Um, let's let's go for like highlight by highlight. Let's kind of break down this game as a whole, and then we can come back and and kind of talk about what we think really was the big win outside of the three points. So. We had the uh, four-two-three-one lineup. You know, I think a, a a more robust back line than that that three at the back that we've kind of tinkered with. Um, that sort of blocking to the wing, the wingers and, and midfield kind of more advanced, and then our lone striker and Jimenez. We've we've seen this before, but I think Bradley expected to be uh, to be pinned in against this Philadelphia team. Uh, so he swapped out McNaughton for Chung, who perhaps is more forward and more aggressive than McNaughton, who's is more of a center back player. And, and having that back four, I think Chung was the right decision there. Um, but early start for, for TFC here with, with Jaden Nelson striking on net. Good, good hit in the 16th minute, um, showing that he is this beautiful offensive spark. Um, great young talent. Um, but with great young talent comes immaturity. And directly in front of us, doesn't Nelson three minutes later absolutely destroy a Philadelphia player with a tackle that was retroactively awarded a, a suspension at the time? Let's be he, honest, though. That's that's a that's a direct red card. The moment we saw that in the stands, we didn't even need VAR there. I, I gave the player a hard time. I wasn't going to let him off easy. I assumed he was faking, but he took a long time to get up. And then you start <laughs> feeling bad, you know, dig a hole, bury him. Uh, you know, we, we sang it, but in the highlight, Nelson's maybe not late, but he is high and he missed the ball. His foot is pretty much knee high. A any other league, I think, or any referee with, you know, a bit more gumption, that's a red card. So we've, we've what now had nearly four red cards this season already between yeah, I, you know, Salcedo and, and, and Nelson here. What's wrong? What's going on with these guys and these rash tackles? I'm not sure if it's, it's trying to win a, a spot going forward 
uh, with all these potential rumblings of summer signings, I, I wonder if it's getting to some of these guys' heads where they're, you know, they're they're going in with that little bit of extra oomph into the into tackles to try and earn their spot going forward. Um, at the same time, uh, I think the ref was generous uh, for not giving a red card in the twentieth minute. Uh, that might have played into it as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, let's be honest here. That's that's that that's a bad mistake to make uh, as a referee and something this time where it it's good for us but you've seen that go the other way for us uh in other games it what comes around goes around in the future we're gonna get these calls go against us and um with the young team i just hope it doesn't doesn't play too much into their psyche yeah you know a part of that in my head is you know he just cracked a great shot on that you know uh, blake blake with a big save um and, and and then come right back down and and suddenly have that tackle, you know, he's probably you know blood rushing to his head and and makes that bad decision. But yeah, you're right. The the fight and that drive for a position is is right in the forefront of a lot of these kids' minds. But hey, I think we've been very very fortunate with VAR this year. Not so fortunate with the uh, <laughs> the suspension council post game. But hey, at least they didn't suspend us during the game. Um, That's true. And now that 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 kind of set the tone for the game early on. But it's the 33rd minute where our demons rear their ugly head and a, a simple kind of lob pass out from the uh, the Philly back third into our sort of final third catches uh, O'Neal poorly out of position and then gets, gets completely outpaced for the ball. You know, the, you know, Bradley chases down, misses a tackle again where he's kind of just having to recover and, and, and you know, O'Neal dives in again. We were all sixes and sevens, and then a nicely chipped ball at the back post is is put into the back of the net with Schaffelberg just kind of arriving too little too late, just doing what he can to get back into position where, in theory, as a wingback, you really ought to have been anyway. Um, so a common error here, but as much as I want to defend my uh, my budget buddy, O'Neal, he, he was completely at fault here for not dealing with again – a simple headed clearance would have stopped this play dead. And yet we're letting these balls drop and create more drama and issue for ourselves. So I hate to say that we keep seeing the same thing, but David, what do you think about conceding this goal early as we did? I didn't like it. Uh, it's, it's a common thing in our team is conceding these early goals. Now I, I saw the play a little differently. I saw a, a Bradley rushing back to to get into the play. Yes, he misses the the tackle. But the thing that concerned me the most was uh rewatching the game and rewatching the replays. You see Schaffelberg jog back. And um as he's jogging back, Mavinga is actually covering the goal scorer. As Schaffelberg enters the 18-yard box, Mavinga drops the player thinking Schaffelberg's picking him up and the player is loose. Uh, I think again that comes. It's it's a growing pain. Yep. It's Schaffelberg's playing a new position this year. Hasn't really played with Mavinga this year at all. I don't think um, since Mavinga was exiled to the bench for a bit there. Um, so again, it's growing pains that uh, yes, we're making these early mistakes, but it, it seems like we're learning from our mistakes. So here's hoping that they can learn from this one as well. 
Yeah. And, and if you listen to our, our podcast um, before this one with uh, Lucas McNaughton, he spoke a lot about communication, right? Between himself and, and Mavinga being able to speak French together. You know, you, you question sometimes the communication level of this back line and, and being able to marshal, you know, responsibilities of getting under balls, communicating who's picking up players. I, I think I may have brought this up even last season where they looked all confused and, and misdirected and there wasn't a cohesion of, you know, we step together, we push together, we, you, they move in, in kind of harmony. Um, and as a musician yourself, you always know what a band sounds better when they're in rhythm together. I just don't think this, this line, the back line at least, or our defensive core is really in full rhythm together yet. You're absolutely right, Kim. Just, uh, just a comment on that. Um, you, uh, you made a uh, mention here about uh, the communication. How many different languages do our backline speak? English, I, I w- Spanish, French. That's really it. I think three. Okay, but they're they're three completely different languages here. Uh, yeah. My point is, you know, they. I think it's going to de- take time for these players to all learn from each other and learn how best to communicate with each other. Um, hopefully, they get it sooner rather than later. But um, yeah, no, it's it's a lot of different languages in the backline. It's it it takes some time for adjusting. And I think we, we need to be patient. They've shown that they, they continue to grow. Let's see what it, uh, where it takes us. Hey, you know, we won't touch on that because we, I know we're on a time lead here, but um, you know, interesting to see, maybe that's why uh, Westberg got so many starts last season, you know, trying to communicate with Mavinga in that, that French language, but um, we can't always just deal with uh, uh, ultimate team on, on FIFA to try and understand that. <laughs> but uh, hopefully Bradley's got a vision here. Now, what I've loved about this team, David, although we have conceded um, early in games um, or at least weathered storms, we, we've done really well to answer back. We are a team that goes, hey, if you're going to score on us, it's going to cost you. And I think, you know, going from that you know, 33rd minute goal by the, the next minute, Pozuelo's already attacking. He's already generating a response back there. And, and Nelson's, you know, big in that uh, buildup, setting up a good shot from Pozuelo, tipped over by, by Blake. Um, but this offensive push leads to a corner, and then that corner terribly cleared by Philadelphia, pounced upon by Osorio, who just plays an absolutely sublime one and two with, with Jimenez, just showing this maturity about his football that, that we love to see in both Team Canada and TFC before playing in a nice pass and Jesus Jimenez may, may, may Jesus walks. My goodness, that man touches the ball and it turns to goal. He must have the most ridiculous strike rate in the MLS right now. He takes one shot. He gets one goal. It's that simple for this man. He makes it look easy. He makes me so happy. Uh, What do you think of this response from the team? So before that, I'm going to do the controversial thing and say, Geo who? Ooh. Is everyone still questioning whether Giovinco was the right fit or not? Because to me, it doesn't matter. We have Jesus at a much better price tag, uh, younger, and look what he's producing. You don't always have to look at the past to keep moving forward here. So I'm happy they, they moved away from that. I'm hoping that, that that happens with other stars on our team right now. Going into the future, I think uh, it's time that we go into TFC 4.0 or 5.0, whatever iteration that we're on. Um, now, getting back to the to Jesus, fantastic pickup. 
just fantastic. It it's just I think an interesting thing to think about kicking the season off. We were probably like, oh, wait till Insignia gets here. Insignia, mm-hmm. Insignia, Insignia, newcomer of the year. If he can do it all in, you know, whatever maybe the four months he's here before end of season. But no, Jimenez is top of the top of the list with all the other goal scorers in the MLS right now and doing it with absolute aplomb. So big up to him um, for for his ability to support our efforts going forward because we're not getting a ton of chances, but when we have them, we, we do take them. Um, and we've been lucky this year. Uh, and our luck continued into the 41st minute with a, a corner that was cleared out and then absolutely pummeled into the back of the net. Um, this, this goal looked good. It hurt me, but I've got to respect a, a clean strike as much as it was. Uh, Bono had no chance on it. But the soccer gods, football gods, whatever they may be, smiled upon us. And our, our, our defensive core stepped up, pushing off some uh, Philly players. And one of them happened to be directly in front of Bono, so much so that he had to step out of the way of the shot. And that was deemed to obstruct play, thus causing the goal to be ruled offside. Thank goodness, because this goal would have broken us. 41st minute, right before half. Conceding, you know, before half is always detrimental to your psyche. We dodged a bullet here, and, and I think that was huge to, to go into a halftime talk where Bradley could, I think, settle the team down, you know, let them know that they were in this fight, they were playing well offensively, and that momentum carried forward into the second half. You know, it took five minutes dribbling towards the south end to these beautiful faces. Uh, you can't see, but at least you can hear our voices. We were there. Uh, Although the far side, unfortunately, obscured to my view, Alejandro Pozuelo just decided, oh, yeah, I'm an MLS MVP. I used to absolutely make people look silly. I'm going to go ahead and just do it again. Dribbles past three players after taking a nice short, quick pass from Caden Chung. And then just, again, with the ease of a man, you know, taking the garbage out, just slides the ball into the far corner past arguably the best goalkeeper in the league. That, you know, that's a crazy thing to think about, but he did it and it, you know, takes the lead early on and allows TFC to have confidence at home playing in front of your crowd uh, to, to lead into the rest of the game. What did you think of this beautiful goal? Like you mentioned, Pozuelo is one of those elite players in the MLS. Um, and this is vintage Pozuelo. Last year was was a, an off year for him uh, dealing with his personal issues playing during COVID times. It can't be easy. And I think uh, in the off season, he's made mention that, you know, he got to recharge. He's ready again. And uh, this just proves it all year. Actually, he's been, he's been playing phenomenal. Um, yeah, I agree. Oh, totally agree. He is the he's system's been one working of my best players. The system is totally working for him. As you say, you know, getting in the right mindset, getting in a good headspace to play football, to do any job is huge. And we're seeing Pozuelo back to to possibly his best in terms of being comfortable, being happy, and playing with players that I think he he really thrives off of. Whether he's teaching these young guys or at least thriving with Osorio and and, and Jimenez in terms of these really smart, intelligent one-two passing. Um but, you know, the game rounded out with um, a- another kind of exposure from O'Neal. He gets beat really, really badly uh, on Bono's left side. And it's a big stand-up play from the keeper to, to kick save uh, a good shot that really stamped out the last big Philly effort. 
And from there, the, the team was able to close it out. I think Bradley's decision-making from the bench um, did a great job, but this was it. A huge home win for TFC against the top team that, as we said to start the season, are going to be essential if we have any hopes of making playoffs is we have to win nearly every home game and be, you know, hell to pay on, on the road. So this is, this is a great result for us and one that I was extremely proud of, uh, of the boys. I agree. We need to, we need to make BMR a fortress again for numerous years. Uh, teams have been coming in and, and just doing whatever they want in BMO. And uh, it, it was nice to see that fight. Nice to see uh, TFC play well again at home. That's it. And, you know, we're seeing some great, great football when we score goals. You know, these aren't these sort of fluky bounce shots that are kind of deflecting off someone's shin and going in like last year. These are well-worked plays, um, and you can see the quality of the team is there. And perhaps we're missing one piece, or maybe it's not one piece. It's it's just getting everything to, to settle and fit and hit that, that rhythm we spoke about, which is what I'd love to see. Um, now, as, uh, as Red Patch Boys podcast tradition, um, David, we do yes, no, maybe so for your best player, your, your player who, who you thought um, really needed to step their game up and someone who is uh, worth a shout for an honorable mention. Who, who is your man of the match here? Um, who, who really was your, um, your yes? So not only man of the match, man of the season so far to me is uh, Jonathan Osorio, hometown hero. He has been playing phenomenal, phenomenal under Bradley. He's one, He's one of our own. He's one of our own. For sure, for sure. Jonathan Osorio is uh he's he's a leader. He's a he's a man amongst boys on, on the field almost. It, literally <laughs> uh with such a young uh team. Um and everything you hear behind the scenes, he is a mentor to these young kids, so it's it's nice to see. I think the way he's grown as a player in a red shirt his longevity, his, his care he has for his body and his fitness and the ability to play game in game out and big minutes. I know he was taken off in like the 60th year, but you know, it, it's that's game management from, from Bob Bradley, but he, you know, he is such a reliable player. He steps up and scores when we need him. He creates when he needs to. I, I can't wait for the day that Bradley hands him the armband. I think that'll be a moment. I'll, I'll shed a single tear. Um, but I like that choice. However, we just spoke about him. <laughs> Ali Alejandro, Ali Alejandro, Pozuelo. He shoots the <laughs> ball, he scores the goal. Pozuelo. Ali Alejandro, Ali Alejandro. He is playing so good, David. He is an absolute right. little wizard. You know, when he came over from Belgium, I, I thought he he was all over the pitch. He was doing everything. And even then, he'd played a lot. He was probably in an immense amount of uh, of, of shape to do all that. But I think he's playing a smarter game now. He's not all flash and all running. He's finding these moments to create and, and deliver phenomenal balls into the box. I, I think if we can get some of our heads on these, these balls, he'll be rising the ranks and assists very quickly. But this confidence in his, his play right now makes me think that he was essential in this victory. There's a reason he's a Barcelona prospect, right? Not everyone plays in Barcelona. Alejandro did. Uh, La Mesa, man. It's a, it's amazing, amazing products. But um, as much as we have the good... So comes the bad. Who, unfortunately, was your uh, your I can improve next game player? Uh, Schaffelberg. To me, it has to be Schaffelberg. He, he had an off day, uh, and it's going to happen again. He's playing a new position, playing with new players around him. This is going to happen, and as fans, we need to be patient. 
Yeah, I think Schaffelberg burst onto the scene, right? He, he's he got so much energy and power and just does not give up attitude going down that wing and seeing him play, he, he, he brings you joy. Going back and getting these new responsibilities of having to cover the way Richie Larea did, big shoes to fill, huge, huge, huge boots to fill, considering the level that Richie was playing, his, his influence, um, earning him a move to England, and of course his quality in the, the Canadian men's national team, it's not going to happen overnight. So I hope there's that growth within um, Schaffelberg's game to be more defensively sound, to be a bit more difficult, to, to push the body of the opposing player at the right time, to just throw them off their, their game a bit, because it's just been too easy to beat him and, 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 and get goals on his side of the pitch. So I, I understand that choice, um, but I feel for the guy. I do feel for him a hundred percent. And, and like I've been saying uh, all day today, it's, it's a growing thing. It, it's going to come. It's going to come. He has, uh, you missed one of the, one of his uh, best adjectives is potential. You can see the potential is there. So I really hope he, he does grow into that role. Um, I, I, I agree with that, but I'm not going to put the pin on him because I think he does a lot going forward. And, and in this case, someone's job was to defend. And really only defend, and they didn't. And that's 100%. Shane O'Neill. My boy breaks my heart. My budget buddy, my my MLS um, you know, discount bin. And it's not meant to be, you know, disrespectful. It's just I think you can build great teams with finding these great talents at good cost in the MLS. And I, I think that's O'Neill. I think he's a great solve for for this back line. But he got exposed a few times in this game and one bad, bad decision that led to the, the, the Philly goal. And again, it's just silly stuff where it's like, just don't let the, fall, the, the ball drop. Don't let it drop. Don't give them the time to beat you because th- th- this is a good team. Um, and then gets beat again with the ball at his feet. You know, just get rid of it if you have to. Just don't let them walk past you. So, you know, I hope he can dust himself off and, 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 and improve uh, his game, which I think he's done well most of the season. I think we're all allowed lapses. I do it all the time. Uh, but being a defensive person, in a defensive position and really, you know, flubbing your lines there. No excuse. No excuse. For not me. there. Not there. In terms of your second star, your maybe, your, your, your player who just, you know, just got beat out by, by your yes. Who do you think was, was really influential in this game as a, a second star? Um, I'm going to change my answer from what we discussed earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I like well, this. Uh, I think Jimenez, uh, my boy Jesus, is uh, is just proving everybody wrong. Uh, before he even touched the ball, everyone was saying, was was Array writing him off because of that whole Javinko controversy? Yep. Um, I, I said it all right, and I'll say it again. Gio who? We have Jesus. Um, and I think going forward, it, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see how uh, our front, front line uh, plays when uh, Lorenzo shows up. You're right. I, I think there's been a lot of comments on, on the forums and, and, and some feedback on Instagram about, you know, why are many people like, why is the pod talking enough about uh, Jesus Jimenez? I don't have to, the guy's doing his job. His job is to score goals, right? It's, you know, everyone's like, Oh, you know, someone finally scored big celebration. This guy scores every game. And now we expect it. And I love yeah. that. He deserves every plot he gets. I want to shout his name from the rooftops. Um, you might hear me say, uh, Jesus, 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 Jesus is on fire um, in the stands. I encourage you to join in and sing with me. 
and that's it. He's doing his job. He, he, he does it so well. He does it so uncomplicated. Maybe that's why we're, we don't have to, you know, draw attention to it because he'll, he'll show up score and then fade away because we're not getting the service he deserves. I can't wait until he's getting four or five shots a game. My goodness. What could he do? Let's hope he can stay healthy. That's all we can hope. Why would you invite that into the, the, the sphere? <laughs> Um, then I will quickly wrap up this, this first part of the pod with, with my, um, my maybe, and I'm going to change mine as well. And I'm going to bring up a fact that Chris Mavinga was relegated to the bench after a very questionable start to the season. Bob Bradley has said he's going to give the position to a gentleman who want to fight, who want to be on the pitch. We saw a suspension to uh, DP uh, Carlos Salcedo. <laughs> he's getting on my nerves. I couldn't give him the... Uh, <laughs> The, the no this week because he didn't play. Um, but Mavinga stepped up. I think he brought a, a, a real strength, a real a real grounded sort of tower of power in the back line in the game against Philly. Um, and having not played in a little bit and stepping into this game, I, I think this is a great boost for his confidence and I think a big step forward to, to solidifying this back line where you hope to be able to see, you know, McNaught and Salcedo and Mavinga, three guys all six foot, dominant in the back line with two quick wingbacks, right? That, that could be a vision for us one day. Um, but for me, that was his nice recovery. So big kudos to Chris Mavinga for making a long awaited return to the starting 11. Fantastic. It was nice seeing him. Uh, and it seems like his trip away to Congo to play with the national team there. You know, sometimes that's all you need is to just step away a bit and uh, come back completely refreshed. And it, it seemed to done the do the body well, uh, right, for him in this uh, in this case, anyways. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to look at it is as a quick refresh. Um, but I, I think that's a great recap for our game against the Philadelphia Union, a victory for TFC two one, and that'll bring our uh, first portion of this pod to an end. I want to thank you for joining me on this one, David. Uh, would you come back and join us again sometime soon? Definitely. Thanks for having me. Uh, again, it was big shoes to fill. Uh, ben does a fantastic job as well as you, Cam. Not not taking anything away from you, but um, it was nice to nice to chat and uh, see your beautiful face on uh, Sunday there. No, I appreciate it. Same to you, and I will be seeing you very soon at the next game. But thanks Definitely. again for joining us, David uh, Oliveira, and stay tuned for part two. Take care, everyone. Welcome back to the Red Patch Boys podcast for part two of this extra special, extra long um, episode. I'm rejoined by the amazing David Oliveira. Welcome back, David. Hey, hey. Um, And we left off heading into our most recent game in the Big Apple, New York City, where we faced off against New York City FC, the reigning MLS Cup champions, a.k.a. the Pigeons, um, in, I guess, the Mets baseball stadium. But they should just change their name to uh, the New York, uh, oh, what's it, Billy Joel's. They play all over New York. This yes, is their they do. fourth they, stadium this, uh, this year. They, they're like orphans. They have no home. They have no home. They're just they're just bouncing around. They got a tiny little you know championship banner. I think it's stuck away in like a storage closet at Yankee Stadium. Um, Makes it easy for transport between all their stadiums. Exactly. You're right. Just put it in the, in the trunk of the car. But this, goodness gracious me, was a a chaotic game. Um, 
5-4 loss for Toronto FC, uh, falling to the reigning MLS Cup champions. After leading the game 2-0, we conceded five unanswered. That was uncomfortable to watch. It was Insane. just... It was sad. I grade my hair grade watching this game. Um, nothing about the free food at the Mill Street Brew Pub could could help me here. Um, <laughs> I almost needed a an extra strong Boschkong to maybe help it. Uh, but it it was not without its you know silver linings. We started the game really really well, and we ended the game really really well. Coming back to to make it interesting at at five four, where there was just the smallest amount of me at the end of the game being like maybe we tie it maybe we tie it because both teams had pretty much given up defending. Um, any, any initial thoughts for, for this game before we go into the, uh, the nitty gritty here, David? Oh man, where to begin? Um, first of all, why were both teams wearing their away stripes or strips here? Well, both teams were away. They're in Met stadium. <laughs> uh, fair, enough, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, second of all, much like you, I wish I had an angry chipmunk red IPA from Bosch Kong brewery to, uh, to kind of wash away the sorrows here. <laughs> it was a, it was a rough game here. It, it was, I, I guess in, in, in the two games, we've now played them twice already. One, we won at home. One, we lost away. Um, if there was away goals, we definitely won on aggregate because we got all the away goals you could possibly get. Um, but uh, in this match, New York city FC had 22 shots with a conversion rate scoring five goals of 22%. And that's a big up to Alex Bono, who, in my opinion, could have made the MLS all-star team of the week and still conceded five goals because he stood on his head. I think he stopped like three breakaways, some pretty amazing point blank saves. No one in a, in a whatever gray and white shirt uh, did anything to help him uh, in this match. But on the other end, Toronto FC had eight shots and scored four goals, which means we converted 50%. It's pretty impressive. That's a pass. <laughs> hey, it's a pass in my books. <laughs> exactly. Um, not, not enough to win a game, unfortunately. Um, but the big thing I, I'll highlight before we get into the, the, the highlights here, sort of minute by minute, um, 44% of TFC's attack was down the right wing. So, you know, that's where a lot of things are happening. That's where you're seeing, you know, Kosi Thompson, you're seeing Osario lean that way, and Jimenez kind of drifting that way to, to pick up the ball. Uh, so, you know, as much as we want to love, you know, our left side attack with the, the likes of, you know, Bradley and, and Schaffelberg, we're seeing the team is finding success in, you know, sort of one avenue of, of the pitch. Um, and that was reflected in the game. So it, it was an unlikely start for us. Uh, I was still kind of settling in to, to eat my food when uh, 12 minute uh, TFC score from Jesus Jimenez, um, dare I say MVP? Uh, amazing job by Jonathan Osorio here to, to create a chance from, from really nothing. Uh, Salcedo clears the ball up. It gets poorly cleared by uh, the New York city defense falls to Osorio who, who does a nice little one, two with Kosi Thompson and big ups to, to Kosi Thompson, who's something like 18 years old, really intelligent, simple pass in behind the um, New York defense to Osorio who plays a, a crossed pass directly to, Jimenez, who's really congested. There's about four players there. And there's Petrasso, there, there's um, Jesus, and then there's uh, two defensive um, New York players. And he just gets there first, gets his, wraps his foot around it and tucks it in uh, around uh, Sean Johnson off the post and in. 
like Sean Johnson's not a small keeper to do that on that level at all. Was, was hugely impressive. And again, just does it with such calm collected demeanor that really caught New York off guard. So huge, huge uh, shout out to all three players involved in that, in that goal. What did you think of this early start for, for TFC, David? Jesus Jimenez, Jesus Jimenez, Jesus Jimenez scores for TFC. Unbelievable, unbelievable pickup in the offseason. Has to be early candidate for pickup of the season. Newcomer uh, of the year. Like, there's yeah. that's a, a shocking thing to throw out, but yeah, newcomer of the year. I think there was a few articles that said this was under the radar signing. But he's, you know, based on this game, tied for league leading goals with six. That's shocking. It's insane. And uh, and the thing about the way he scores, it's it's not just one dimensional. He's not just scoring one way. He scores in different types of uh, different types of, of the game. It, it, they're all different. His goals. You, you're not seeing. He's not a header specialist. He's not a left footed specialist. Not a right footed specialist. All his goals. There, he's multiverse, uh, multi uh, faceted in all his goal scoring. Exactly that. I think there's, you know, any opportunity that falls to him, whether it's head, you know, I, again, I have to see the stats on his left foot and right foot, but any way the ball falls to him, he's putting it in the net. Uh, I, I At think least getting a shot on net, which we've been missing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and he doesn't miss, apparently. Man, fucking <laughs> Hawkeye out there. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, this was always going to be a game where, you know, former uh, Golden Boot winner um, Castellanos was, was going to play a part. And, man, did he show his skill this game. Uh, 15th minute, New York City FC corner played, you know, in essence short, like played along the grass to just above the penalty spot. Jimenez makes a great run from the far post and around, leaving O'Neal for dead and first time hits this ball top corner, like absolutely no chance for Bono again. Um, you know, seeing sort of a mirror image of that Philadelphia game, but this time, uh, Morales gets his head in the way and just clips a bit of the ball as it's coming past him, nearly took his head off. Um, but in an offside position, which means goal doesn't count kids VAR to the rescue again for TFC. And this is where I'd play some sort of, you know, Power Rangers theme song for, for your son there, uh, David. But um, yeah, VAR has been a huge help for, for TFC so far in the early season. And, and after conceding a really good goal like that, and again, it being ruled out, TFC took it. They took the opportunity now. They, they weathered the storm a bit. I think Bono made a few more saves um, early on in that first sort of 30. And, and right before that 30-minute mark, Jesus Jimenez pops up again and and – this this is a absolutely amazing goal for me because first of all, Kosi Thompson, very very young player playing that that this sort of uh, wing back midfield role, plays a ball through a third if not more of the pitch, pretty much eliminates the entire New York dis, uh, FC defensive core, which let's be honest, they weren't really there all game, um, into a, a streaking um, Jimenez. So now it's not poaching. Now he's actually made a dynamic run in behind the back line and then has Sean Johnson come out. And this is a big, big goalie, huge intimidating factor. Oh, my gosh. Shades of Pep just rubbing his face in, you know, in, in Champions League. Um, he just chips him. He just just dinks the ball right over top of, of, of Sean Johnson's shoulder. 
And it, it took me right back to when Pozuelo chipped him with a panica on the PK a couple of years ago. There's yep. nothing he could do. He hit it at pace. He hit it with, with such control. You'd think Jesus Jimenez had been playing at, you know, uh, the top level of world football his entire career. And this is the guy who came over from the Polish league. Like, you know, you want to, you know, set your expectations low. This is world-class finishing from my perspective. It's, uh, you know what, he's, like I said, he he's hot right now. Hopefully he continues it. Um, do we start talking how long he's going to stay at Toronto FC at this point? I, I think MLSC can keep him for two years, at least two years, because it's, it's is this a flash in the pan? Can he <laughs> keep it up? Can he, you know, have the longevity of, of, of making a difference for that long? And then year two, does he build on that? You know, does he just establish a relationship with Insigne and get better. He's getting so few passes every game and his conversion rate's so high. Uh, the big question remains, if he gets better service, does he improve? I don't know. I don't know. Time will yeah, tell. I, I, Time will I don't tell. know how old he is. Do you? No, no. Uh, we'll we'll send you over talk, to I'll our, find our, it. <laughs> our producer, AKA our Google, uh, and find out how old he is um, while I, I, I progress this because unfortunately the, the TFC party uh, came to uh, – an abrupt end um, just before the end of the first half, 37th minute, Castellano would not be denied. A, a turnover at midfield saw a ball played in down the right flank uh, and Schaffelberg, bless his heart, my, my Nova Scotian uh, dreamboat, um, just gets completely outpaced. Uh, two great Brazilian attackers uh, in the New York attack. And here, this, this individual just really put the, the afterburners on and played a great past cross uh, kind of top of the, uh, the penalty spot. Castiano first time hits it again, top corner. Like this guy is scary. Good. Uh, the He's question the is how deal. long will New York city FC be able to hold on to Castiano? I, I assume he won't be here too much longer considering his continued success at MLS level. Um, but I think it was it was deserved. I think New York really did deserve a goal to, to end the first half. It sucked conceding when we did. Uh, but after 45 minutes, we were ahead. We were 2-1 away against New York City FC, and I was thrilled. Not oh. only New York City FC, but the reigning defending MLS champions. Who, who've had a rough start to the season, I'll say that, but it's early on. It's a very early, early, early season. Um, but positive you know uh, position to be in one that i assume we grow into i think we've always really struggled early in games but have been good at, at closing them out if anything we we settle into a game and we have this attrition about us that has, has seen us earn road points and and wins at home not so much this second half um maybe it was because oh, it was no. sunday maybe because they were tired i don't know but something went very, very wrong. Maybe the horseshoe fell out of our butts because <laughs> the 53rd minute, um, a goal from Santiago Rodriguez. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I lied. I jumped ahead there. Sorry. In the 48th minute, a goal by Thiago um, Andrade. Um, is, this is a weird, weird goal. And again, I, I hate to put my boy on blast, but you know, a ball gets played into the left flank and the player goes to cross it. I think it was Keaton Parks. And O'Neill turns his body like he's going to get hit. Like the amateur football, oh, I don't want to get hit, so I'll turn my body away from it. And as he turns, it's not a cross, but a pass 
directly into our box, which is then struck, takes a weird deflection, and, and just kind of dribbles across the edge of goal in front of Bono, in which uh, Andrade can, can come in and just tap in the empty net, which is really tough goal to concede. It wasn't difficult, right? It was a bit of an easy, uh, easy opportunity for them, and one that kind of took the wind out of our sails early on and gave them all the momentum they needed because we're about to go through the gauntlet here. 53rd minute, Santiago Rodriguez. Awful giveaway by Bradley here. And you and I are going to discuss this, but we the, are. Ball, the ball gets passed out of the back to Bradley, takes a touch, seems to go literally, you know, two meters away from Bradley. He has a chase down, obviously gets poked off of his feet. The, the back line of three are completely out of position because they've just played the ball to their, their kind of linchpin in the middle in Bradley, who rarely gives it away like this, um, of which point that they pass it, you know, wide open to uh, Rodriguez, and he's got a three on two, just takes the ball and finishes it past Bono on his own. Um, really, really unfortunate way to, to just concede right after conceding, at which point everyone's head's down. I put Bradley on blast. We all thought, WTF, what happened on this play? And you've got a theory, David. What happened on this goal? I think I can explain this. I actually don't put the blame on Bradley, although he did not have his best game. Um, I actually blame MLS. Uh, It's horrible that a team continues to be allowed to play in a baseball stadium. If you look at the the ball as uh, Bradley is receiving the pass from Pozuelo, it takes a bounce right where the infield meets the outfield, right where they've uh, inlaid the grass yeah. on the, so just, the dirt just for of context, the Someone, if you're sitting at home, maybe you're driving, apologies, don't do this while you're driving. But if you are at home, just fire up YouTube or go to the TFC website, go to the highlights, find this goal, and, and look at the, the pitch color. You can see a different color from the outfield to infield. You can see where they've covered that kind of orangey, sandy area. You'll typically have the shortstops play in. That's what David's talking about. So continue. A hundred percent. And if, okay, they're pro players. At the same time, that ball takes a weird bounce just as Bradley's about to receive it. The ball kicks up on him. It bounces not off his foot, but off his shin right into a New York City FC player. And honestly, I, is is that Bradley's fault? Uh, I guess you you know where you're playing. You need to expect uh um you need to expect those weird bounces playing in a baseball diamond. It but at, at the end of the day, how long is MLS gonna allow this to continue? It's complete garbage. Yeah, you know it's frustrating. You know teams have complained about you know bad pitches in the past. We you know go through the joys of having the Argos play on BMO heading into our playoff season. And, you know, the grounds crew at, at BMO field are absolute legends. They're amazing individuals last year, not our greatest season, but when we were in the stadium, I actually cheered for them because they were the best players on the pitch. Um, and so, you know, the efforts that go into this, it's not the people who do it, but the decisions that get made by leagues where get them a soccer or football specific stadium, please, please. It's insane. It, it, it. Was that field even regulation? Because there, that's that's kind of the 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 ongoing joke with playing at a Yankee Stadium is that the field is too short, and nine goals in a game is that because the field is smaller, so the play is more condensed. It it it's uh, it 
I don't know what, what the word is here, but it, it's angering. It, it angers me that a team like New York City FC with the backing of Man City cannot find a location yeah. to build a, a soccer-specific stadium. Heck, go into a football stadium, uh, a pointy ball stadium at this point. It, it'd be better for the game. Yeah, not to question the, the camera angles for people watching at home, but you know, we, we won't be, be anchored into that crap field, no, no. crap bounce crap result you know this is this is what it's all about we gotta you know take the good with the bad um and the bad just kept coming um sure did. 57th minute uh new york city fc goal for one keaton parks i i don't know if it was a, a Caden chung clearance it you know the field was very tight not a lot of room for error and these these half-hearted clearances you know didn't do anyone uh any justice and i think if you watch the highlight there the ball gets put right back into the uh the offensive zone and maybe osario's kind of just frustrated throwing his hands down by his side but here a ball gets played in across goal again and and maybe mavinga gets his feet caught up but just completely misses the chance to clear uh, a pretty easy cross but our boy schaffelberg trying to make amends for for getting beat last time comes in with all the, the the gumption of a bull in a china shop and proceeds <laughs> to play the ball directly back to a New York City FC player in the box who then proudly goes thank you and and puts the ball into into the net so you know shooting ourselves in the foot you know smashing our heads into doorways we're, we're doing it to ourselves here it was kind of you know left for dead it, it, nothing went well from pretty much the 37th minute until about the 85th minute. So uh, five unanswered goals is nothing you should ever celebrate. <laughs> and, and and here it, it continued to really twist the nail for me because in the 75th minute, Gabriel Pereira scores a, a good finished goal. Don't get me wrong. He finished it well, but Shane O'Neill is, is gotten himself between the New York city FC midfielder and the ball and then he kind of takes a tumble, whether he gets clipped or what, but he, he takes a tumble hoping for a call, but then he just falls on top of the ball. It rolls in front of him. The New York City FC player just gets up and keeps playing. This is, you know, you, you've done everything here uh, but defend. So, you know, take some skin off the guy if you're going to let him go through you. And, and what happens is now Bradley's got to cover for a defender out of position. The whole left side of the pitch is wide open. So, again, it gets played wild to Pereira. He puts it between Mavinga's legs off the post and in past Bono. It seemed like a slow goal, but it was A, unsighted Bono, and B, extremely well-placed. So you can't argue the finish, but I will argue the fact that we had the ball technically and we just let them walk all over us. My soul, my heart, everything about this moment at time was crushed. How are you feeling at this point, David? Down five to two. You don't know what to say because the the previous game, you know, there's so much promise there. We uh, we dominated the game, and then it seemed like they came out flat in this game again. I don't know if it's it's to do with being on that horrible horrible pitch or what it is, but it, it wasn't like any of our other away games where we've at least shown up. Um, is going up to nothing? Do they come? Do they get a little cocky at that point? Do you think that plays into a camp? I don't know. It's it's interesting. You know, you're up five five two. You're at home. You you you've gotten past that eighty minute threshold. I'd take my foot off the gas. I'd be having a laugh if it was me. Yep. This you know, the team was up two nothing. Score five unanswered goals. I'd be get out of here. You're wasting my time, guys. Call the game, ref. 
These guys are jokes. Um, the Mets need their stadium back. Let's get out of here quick. You know, I got to, I got to, I got to get out to my reservation for dinner. So, you know, that's, that, that's maybe it, that may be it, but in my defense, or I guess the defense of New York city FC, they never really did defend all game. Remember my stat at the beginning of the game, eight shots yep. or goals, 50% conversion rate. So here we start making, you know, a bit of an effort. You know, we, we win an offensive corner. And literally at the Mill Street Brew Pub, you know, one of the uh, RPB members jumps up and goes, guys, we, we haven't scored on a corner in so long. And it, it came through an amazing source. 85th minute, DeAndre Kerr, first MLS goal, first goal for TFC, scores a great header. Pozuelo curls in what can be described as the perfect cross, you know, too far away from the keeper, you know, just in enough that you get anything on it, it's going to cause some problems. But Kerr covers a good amount of ground to get into space away from his defender in between, I think, marking, bangs in a great powerful header with his head, even bumps heads with, uh, I think it was Morales or um, one of the um, New York City FC uh, defenders, unfortunately cut his head. And he was bleeding, but but Kerr came out the, the better with the goal and uh, and the pride to say, hey, we're, we're still going to make, uh, you know, make a game of this. Um, and then comes the drama. Down 5 3. Uh, Jordan Peruzza has come on uh, for uh, Jesus Jimenez. Good pass in behind the New York City FC defense. Um, uh, Morales is in, Alfredo Morales is in position to defend uh, Peruzza, who tries to push him, uses bigger frame to get on the inside of him, and is, is pulled down. I don't think there's much in it, but it was. Morales's second yellow card in six minutes and he was last man so a lot of different arguments can be made whether this is a straight red or just a second red or just a second yellow to get the red but we are in a good uh, a good opportunity here to be up a man in a good position for a free kick up steps the mighty Pozuelo been delivering amazing uh, I think balls all year and does it again this time curling in a free kick to the one and only Michael Bradley. Pissed off about the grass. He rises up, takes that beautiful bald head, bah! drives the header into the grass, past John Johnson into the net. Suddenly it's 5-4 in the 89th minute, and we've got injury time, right? We had all that drama with the red card. So here we are, you know, very, very um, close to making a ridiculous comeback. And we did pin them down to their, their, their end again. Uh, unfortunately not able to even register like a shot at the very end there. Um, but it, we, we did see probably great football from TFC for 35, maybe 40 minutes of this game just didn't happen to be enough. Yeah. You know what, uh, between the first 30 minutes of the first and, uh, the last 15 minutes of the game, that's 45 minutes. That's a half, right? <laughs> now we just got to keep building on that. And that's it. I, I think Bradley has a way to make this team play. He has a, a, a team that can score. Um, we has a team that can, can defend. I, I just think that that defending needs to step up its, its consistency. But um, I'll, I'll say this, Castellanos and this New York City FC attack um, probably could have scored more on us. They should have scored more. Should if anything, we, we gave them goals versus the goals I thought they would have scored, of which Bono really did well to, to save. Um Difficult one to lose, but positives for me, the fact that Jimenez is now uh, tied for the league leading goals. Bono is playing some of his best football we've ever seen him play. Confident, 
you know, distribution I think is there. We've always criticized him about. Um, and Pozuelo is just purring as a DP. This is what you expect from a DP player. Game changing. 100%. 100%. One thing I'll, I'll mention is uh, New York City has conceded 10 goals, uh, four of them from TFC this game. And what was it, two the previous game that TFC played them? Wait, they haven't conceded against anyone else? Uh, the, what was the score? That, yeah, it's uh, 2-1. Looking at the stats here, goals four, 16. Goals against, 10. So that's, uh, no, that's six. Wow. Six out of the 10 goals have come from TFC that, that hey, they've conceded. I, I always think we are New York City FC's bogey team. I think we've always been in the playoffs. We're, we're kind of a thorn in their side, and I like that. Let's keep that that going. Um, but uh, we won't see these guys now until probably playoffs. So bring it on, pigeons. <laughs> um, so now, uh, looking at this game, you know, there are concerns about, you know, the midfield, the experience of the wingbacks, the exposure we're doing. We, we can get into all that, but I think it's beating a dead horse. So to progress this, and a big, big episode. Let's go right into our yes, no, maybes, and then answer some questions from the audience. So, David, who is your yes for this match? Jesus Jimenez, my friend. Jesus Jimenez. Say it one more time. Jesus Jimenez. Jesus Jimenez. Jesus Jimenez scores for TFC. And he's not a DP. <laughs> That's crazy. This guy is amazing. He is also my yes. Who is this guy? We need a backstory. I want an origin story of this gentleman because it, this game, he was just so good. Just so good. Every time he got the ball, you're like, that's a goal. Like, that's guaranteed. I'm not even flinching. So, you know, this is this is how you build club legends. This is how you make a, a team, you know, successful. You're not just throwing money at big names. Yes, MLSE does that. TFC, we, are, we should be all counting our blessings. We have ownership that are willing to go and spend, you know, the most money in the league to buy diminutive Italians and bring them over here. And so they can eat, live in Yorkville and, and, and drink espresso. So um, I'm into that. I live for it. But this, this Jesus Jimenez character is, I think, quickly becoming one of my favorite players. I want to buy a number nine jersey now. I don't think I've ever wanted to for TFC. Now I do. This, this works for me. Um, who is your no? My no for this game it's going to be Schaffelberg. Again. Oh, I don't want to, though. I, I know, I know, but it's not working. It is definitely not working. Yeah, we we got to come up with a different solution. Um, again, lots of jogging back. And, you know, uh, it's infuriating watching him just jog back. Um, I don't know what needs to happen here, but, uh, yeah, it's not working. It's not do you, working. Do you see him getting subbed out anytime soon? Because he's he's not he started almost every game, hasn't he? Who do you put there? Great question. I guess that brings up another question is I, I, I had Petrasso. Because did you ever mention the word Petrasso in the past two games? Fair enough. That whole the whole he's just I thought he started really well for us. He was involved in in, in I think two goals in his first two starts. And I thought he was gonna be another you know, big impact uh, player early on, but just fades into the background. I don't even know he was on the pitch. So it, it, it's one of those things that I think they're young. The potential, that word you used before, is still there for both players. 
I'm immensely proud of what they've done in the short amount of time. The same thing goes for the McNaughton's, for the Chung's, uh, for the Cosey Thompson's, Jaden Nelson's, the list goes the on. Curse. The yeah. Curse comes exactly. in the, the curse, 60th course. minute and scores a goal. Big shout out to him for that. Exactly. And so the, te- the temptation to, to criticize is obviously there, but I, I, I plead patience. But we have to say they were at, at blame for, for a lot of this. So we, we can't we can't build them up without saying, hey, we got to hold you accountable as well. So I think it's a tough reality. Um, David, who is your maybe so? My maybe so, I'm going to say it's Osorio. Again, an outstanding performance on uh, a crappy field. Um, that guy can play really anywhere. Wrong. That guy can play in an elevator. You're very right. Um, not much wrong he's done this season. Um, I'm going to go with two individuals. One, I'm going to say Cozy Thompson. He he may have been exposed at times, but I'm going to chalk that up to more O'Neal only because right now he's my punching bag. I'm sorry, O'Neal. I love you. I'm sorry, but you're my punching bag right now. Uh, and Cozy Thompson can do no wrong. He's 18 years old, and he's playing some of the these amazing passes, these brave shots, these goals he scored. Like, what more could you want from a kid of this age in his first, you know, professional season with us? This is, oh, come on. He, 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 he was a big part of those first two goals uh, to kickstart this team. Uh, so I think he owes all the credit it deserves to continue that bravery and that inspired play um, throughout the rest of the season. And, and a big shout out to Alex Bono for making sure this wasn't a complete embarrassment. That could have been nine, nine, two, nine, four, whatever you wanted to be. Like Castellanos got robbed a few times, a couple breakaways. Like we were just giving them the ball for them to shoot. So um, Bono, good job, man. I'm sorry <laughs> it was as rough as it was. Uh, but hopefully you got at least to uh, to get some Brooklyn pizza. Um, so from there, we'll 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 wrap up those those recaps. I think that was a lot. David, thank you so much for helping me with that. A lot of heavy lifting. Um, I think Ben took uh, the right time to take a vacation um, considering we got through it. Um, But now we have a fun part where we get our audience uh, to send us some questions. Um, As a reminder, as always, we'll put uh, some question uh, links on Instagram, but if there's any questions you want us to answer on the pod, throw them on the uh, red patch boys forums, or even just message the red patch boys, Instagram and say, Hey, I'd love to ask this question. Mail time. It's mail time. Hey, hey, mail time. I love that. <laughs> Maybe we'll add that in every time. So our first one comes from uh, Instagram from Gunner Corrine. And the question is, where should Schaffelberg play? We hate seeing him on D getting killed. Gunner, I agree. It hurts my heart. I want to have a, you know, a, an East Coast boil with him. I want to eat lobsters and potatoes. And I want to just sing sea chanties with him and have a good time. Um, but right now he's, he's, he's struggling. He can't do both. So where's he's better in an advanced position. He was so good for us last season, creating opportunities going forward. He's got the pace and the grit. I think right now he's just getting exposed on the back end and, and, and having to do a lot of work. I hinted at it uh, in the first part of this uh, episode, uh, looking at his, his, his role compared to how Richie Larea did it. Um, I think he's in a good spot. He just needs to either to learn that the position better and be more disciplined or just be in a more advanced position with a four flat back, giving him more coverage. I think um, just jumping in here, Cam, sorry uh, if uh, you weren't done your point there. I'm all but good, baby. 
I honestly think this is just a stopgap until we get a uh, left back in the summer transfer window. I agree with you. He is much fo- uh, better going forward. Can you imagine a front three of Lorenzo Insigne, uh, Jesus Jimenez, and Schaffelberg? With that speed and the service coming into Jimenez, that's scary. Um, now, playing him out of position like this, what does it do to his psyche going forward? Um, I really, really, really hope that these conversations are happening internally and that people are discussing exactly where they intend to, to see him play going down the in the future here. Yeah, and, and you can go look back at, again, our last episode with um, Lucas McNaughton, and he talked about Bradley and and, and, and the DPs and these, these experienced players in the dressing room. You know, they've, they've gotten, I think the words were used, is they've gotten everything they ever wanted from the game, and now they're just looking to give back. Now they're looking to help, you know, foster the next generation of TFC players, you know, leave a legacy. And, and you hope that these players are, are teaching and educating players like um, Jacob Schaffelberg and, and helping him refine and improve his game. There's a reason he's in a starting 11 of an MLS team. He's talented. There's a reason why he's not starting for Canada. And hopefully they can get him there. Hopefully they can develop him and, and help him, you know, refine his game further and further. Don't forget, Richie Larea was cast aside by Orlando. And, and we picked okay. him up, took a gamble on him, and, and goodness, didn't that pay off. So, you know, I, I think we've all got to understand that this is a young kid learning the game still. And, and there's a lot, a lot of potential there, even though we sound like a broken record. But we, <laughs> love, we love these guys. Um, uh, great question from uh, – actually, I'll, I'll, before I do that, on the opposite side of the pitch, my, my sort of um, second star for this past game against New York City FC, Cozy Thompson. How was he adapted to the role? Because he's in that early, early sort of uh, honeymoon phase where, you know, he's scored a goal. He's got an assist. Like he, I see shades of Schaffelberg last year, this year. How, how do you think he's uh, settled into that uh, position there, David? It's uh, a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, in in the past, we, we haven't seen a lot of these academy uh, prospects come up and, and do well on a consistent level. I really hope to, to keep seeing this. Uh, I do believe that, one of the best ways to build a, a team is through the academy. And, um, you know, you don't hear of the stories all the time coming from the academy, but this year, especially in the, you do see a lot of players coming up and they seem to be ready to make that next step. There's a lot of potential there and it's, it's really refreshing to see. Yeah, I love it. I think we, we, we are kind of spoilt for, for talent right now coming out of the, uh, the academy, and, and that's an amazing position to be in. So um, this, is, this is something we, we, we should all celebrate more than anything. So I love that forum. I, I hope they continue to grow, um, and, and the next chapter of TFC continues to be written. Um, David, you brought up a really good point in the part uh, one of the podcast, Geo Who. Um, so let's say right now, who would you rather, Giovinco or Jimenez? And I'll say not not like past Gio. I don't think we should compare them. It's not fair. But current, right now, if, if Giovinco had stayed on the, the early preseason this year, or Jimenez we have now, who do you take? I'll say it once again, Gio who? This is... Um... It's a breath of fresh air to see to see us move on from players. Um, listen, I'm not taking anything away from what Seba did for our team. We 
have an MLS championship because of Seba, because of the Josie Altidores, because of the Michael Bradleys. Two of those aren't here anymore. One will, I honestly think, uh, won't be here next year, at least not as a player. I see Bradley staying on long-term with Toronto FC. But uh, Seba, I'm just looking at his stats uh, here. He has zero goals with Sampdoria in two appearances. At Al-Hilal in two years, 57 appearances, 12 goals. Um, he's not the player that he was when he was at Toronto FC. And that's okay. That happens. I mean, I used to be able to run five kilometers. I don't even think I can run one kilometer right now. It, as, as you get older, it, it, uh, you, you just don't perform to your, uh, to your level. So, you know what? It's nice to see that we've moved on. Um, he's Jimenez, going back to Jimenez, he's multifaceted. He scores... It's not one dimensional. His uh, his goal scoring it it comes from different uh, different situations. Um, I'm happy to see uh, Jimenez on the field. I love it. Um, I agree. I think you know Jimenez has proven it. He's leading the league in goals. Mute point. Um, another question here uh, from the underscore Bouchard on Instagram: Is it time for Bradley to ride the pine? That's the question, Bashar. Who'd you put in the midfield? I don't think there's Noble anyone to replace him. Noble Akello can't do it. We don't. We don't have. Um, um, uh, oh goodness, uh, Preso. Preso's still injured. Yeah, uh, season-ending injury. We, we don't. We don't have anyone to, to fill that role. Bradley is the best we got. So live with him for now, boys uh, and girls. You know, unless there was something that he was preventing someone from coming through the system and evolving into that role. I, I'd, I'd be happy. And I think he'd be happy to, to pass that torch, but he wants to win. He wants the team to do well, and he's going to work as hard as he can. I'm going to grill him when he doesn't do as well as I want him to. I have very high standards set for my captain, but I don't think there's anyone on this team right now who fills that role for us. I agree, Cam. Uh, there's, there's no one to, to play in that position. Well, I think there's a natural progression of easing him out of the 11, get him on the bench, be a great influential player, ease him into that coaching role. That's the MLSE kind of system here. But um, yeah, for now, leave him in there. Probably doing better there than he is, you know, getting paid to sit on the bench. That's my two cents. Um, so in, in lieu of time, um, I, I think we'll, we'll save some of the other discussion points uh, for a later date. Cause there are some, some great questions here, but um Again, reminder to send in your questions if you have them. We'll try and address them as much as we can. But uh, finishing this recording soon, we are mere hours away from our next home game at BMO Field on Saturday, April 30th, kicking off at 3 p.m. And there's a little something special going on there, uh, isn't there, David? This is Sparta. That's all I'll say. This is a pretty exciting uh, celebration uh, ceremony uh, kicking off at 2.45. So 15 minutes before kickoff, there'll be a special ceremony celebrating a very beloved TFC player. And if you're a season ticket holder, you probably got the email. Um, but we are going to be doing something very, very special in the South End as well. So please, please, please get in early, get to your seats, get ready to celebrate TFC and our legacy. 
um, and get ready to cheer us on against the second last place team at MLS in uh, Cincinnati with a two, five and one record with a mere seven points. I'm going to say, I expect us to win. This is a, again, I said every home game we have to win. If we have any chance of making playoffs, considering our, our road woes, um, but especially this team, this team is not good. We barely beat them for the wooden spoon last year. Um, we, we have to come into this game expecting to dominate them and, and a, a make it a clinical victory. Anything less than that would be a failure in my eyes. What is your prediction, David? I'm hoping for 2-0, get Bono his first clean sheet, but I think 2-1. <laughs> I'm going to go bold 3-0. Oh, 3-0. 3-0, and, uh, oh, I want to say Jimenez's first hat-trick, but I don't think he'll get the hattie. I think uh, we'll spread those goals around uh, one each. Who's scoring for you? Jimenez, Pasuelo, and I'm thinking maybe, you know, something wild, maybe a header from a, a defender. I'm saying if Lucas McNaughton starts, he's getting a header. Give my boy in there, if he, if he starts. <laughs> uh, so I said 2-1. I think Osorio scores one and Jimenez. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, uh, it's been an absolute treat sharing this immensely long uh, extra special episode with you, uh, David. Thank you so much for volunteering your time and your effort to join the Red Patch Boys podcast. You've earned yourself a Bosch Kung Brewing beer this <laughs> evening to enjoy. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you in the stands and hearing you sing that amazing Jesus Jimenez song. Um, any last words for our listeners? Oh, just thank you for having me. Hopefully uh, I haven't annoyed you uh, too much with my horrible voice, but uh, no, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. And uh, anytime you guys need me, let me know. Hey, you bring a lot of drama and, and, and debate to this, which I think Ben and I get agree, agree too much. So this is good. <laughs> I like the depth you bring. Uh, appreciate your time. Appreciate your passion and love. Uh, for TFC. Uh, I've been Cameron Miller. That's been David uh, Oliveira. As we say, come on, you Reds. TFC. TFC.